This is the Sister Squad with Morta, Nona, and Dekuma. <laughs> Nona. Nona. We'll just stop right now. <laughs> All right, welcome to this week's podcast. We are going to talk about a few things today. The first thing we wanted to talk about is um, President Biden and the Chicago teacher strike, but not necessarily specifically them, but um, putting sending kids back to school, like when they're talking about opening school and kind of coming in like the saviors and we'll do this and let's open schools for everyone. And I just have some opinions about that. Nona and Morta, what do you think about that? Well, I think that um, my kids have been going to school since August, is what I think. So I'm appalled that that the teachers' unions have so much power and sway. Because I know that some teachers' unions have said things like, you know, we don't want... You know, parents just want their kids to go back to school because of, like, they need babysitting or whatever. But there's, like, real, like, damage being done to kids and also just no learning happening at home unless you're right there with your kid to help them. And then it's still hard. You know, my kids were, have, we've done some soft closures and and we can talk about that more when we talk about the schools, like, how they um, have so we're obviously in Utah and like how the schools have had the kids back to school. My kids were positive. I had one kid who was positive for coronavirus during the holidays. And so he went back on January 3rd. He's on the swim team. He was swabbed and he tested positive. And so my kids had to quarantine for 14 days from first day of symptoms, which was 12 more days of, of school on top of the, the Christmas holidays. Plus, their high school had been quarantined for a couple of days before the Christmas holidays. So they missed, like, a lot of school. And they were going crazy. Every single one of my kids, um, ages 12, 16, 16, and 18, wanted to go back to school. So that's, I think, that the kids should have the opportunity to go back to school. What What do you think, Nona? Well, squirrel. I was reading an article. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got distracted. I don't have kids in school, you know? What it do doesn't you make think? no never mind to me. <laughs> what do you think should I happen? I got no kids in school. I'm zoning out. Squirrel, I just happened to catch my eye on that some guy chased after his wife's lover. And, you know, he's got only one third of what he used to have. He's not going to be pleasuring anybody in the future. So, you know, carry on. <laughs> I don't even know why we invite you. <laughs> you guys are taking a really long time to respond. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a terrible tragedy. I go back to what I said before. I think the big, the probably the biggest issue that really, like, that most parents are concerned with, with elementary school kids is really babysitters you know it's an economic thing yeah it's not good for having them in school they're like you know kids that need special help that maybe don't study as well at home but that also is yeah they, the parents want their teachers back 
Well, and they can babysit their kids and teach them at the same time. I don't think it's just like maybe the first little bit babysitters, but I'm telling you with having kids, it is not the babysitting part. Like my 12 year old who is still in elementary school is even with back in school and having friends who can't come over and play. He is suffering from not having friends. He tells me like what 12 year old? And my 16-year-old girl tell me, they tell me at least twice a week, I need a friend. And it's not because people don't like them at school. This is all pandemic related. Like people can't, like kids can't come over and play. You can't send your kid over to their house to play. Like the lockdown has been detrimental. Why can you not? That's what I'm saying. I mean, they're not in school. Your kids don't have to be in school to have friends. Right, but there are other you know, parents who won't allow kids to play because of, and they're taking the direction from, you know, the state or wherever you live. Like one of my son's, like one of Jorgen's very best friends, his family has opted, and I'm not throwing judgment or throwing shade on them for their their decisions, but his family has opted for him to be at home and to do the online school and he cannot have any friends over until after everyone's vaccinated is what he has. I'm, and like, let's take that with a grain of salt because it's coming from one 12 year old to another 12 year old to me. And so, but again, you know, what Jorgen said is like his dad's higher risk. So he doesn't, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But again, like it's, it's been hard. It's not just about babysitters. It's about like kids need to be in school. I don't know how much learning is going on. Well, I, if there were, if the parents are working, people well, take the, the negative the connotation. If, like if you say a babysitter, people are like, Oh, that's why the school board in California had to resign because they said that, but they were being jerks about it. You do need yeah. babysitters because you have planned your work and your life around your kids schooling everyone plans that when you have little kids you plan your whole life around it it's an economic issue and so i think the economic issue for most people i would say for most people that's the more pressing issue yeah you can't go to work and leave a eight-year-old at home alone well so liesel my daughter is on a mission and guess what they are leaving kids at home alone like she had a kid that she was teaching and he was nine and his dad is a single dad living in an apartment complex somewhere in Vegas and this kid was very sharp and articulate and he had zoom classes like in Vegas I don't think they're in in in-person schooling at all from what I understand I have one friend who lives in Henderson and I know that all four of her kids are homeschooling but this there is no mother in the picture like the mother is either dead or I, I don't even know if she's like out of the picture for whatever reason, she's out of the picture. And so this kid is home alone during the day because the dad has to go to work. Like somebody has to buy groceries. Yeah. So I just kind of going through this when, when President Biden came out and said that, oh, we'll have everyone in and at least one day a week by the end of April, I was like, what in the heck are you talking about? We have been in school in Utah since August. Our district is in five days a week. We do get out a little bit earlier. Our schedule shortened so that we could teach our online kids that chose to stay online. 
and then um, to kind of catch up because it is a little overwhelming and it was overwhelming. And so we've kind of caught our breath and, and kept going. But in that time, um, we have learned some things. One, kids aren't getting the virus at school. They're not passing it to each other. Why is this data not shared outside of of our state. Well, it is shared and people just don't want it because it doesn't meet their political needs. Uh, the schools in Chicago didn't go back in person. My whole concern with that is there is a bigger risk of not going back to school than there is of, of being in school and catching the virus. The bigger risk is that you, those kids are missing at least a year of school. Yeah. We have talked before about, um, kids when they enter school, like how many vocabulary words they have. When you start, at, well, at four years old, let's see, you have around 500 words that you go to school with if if you are a welfare child. And this is data. This is not me throwing a judgment out there. If your parents are working class, you go to, you're at four years old, you have 700 vocabulary words. If you're a, a child of a professional family of parents that are professionals, they have 1,100 words. That gap just widens every year. Um, then in first grade, if you have a rich, a, a child from a, a wealthy family, a professional family, their vocabulary now is at 50,000 words. And if you have, or sorry, 20,000 words. And if you have someone from a poor family, you are at 5,000 words. So look at, look at that gap. Now take them out of school. And think about, it's just exponentially growing. Right. right. So they're not getting yeah. interaction. Think about the nine-year-old that's been home alone every day, all day. Yep. Not talking to anyone. Um, and, and there's nothing. The English is, is a second language also. Yeah. Because and you know what? You this little kid said he was so cute. Liesl called me and she like, this was like months and months ago. But he showed, so they were doing like an, a Zoom meeting. Because again, they still weren't able to go into the homes of the of the people they're teaching or members because of of Nevada's state laws and recommendations, you know. And so she was having a Zoom meeting with this little boy and he was 9 and he showed her his turtle and he talks to his turtle during the day and he talked to Liesel all about his turtle and she called me and she's like, "Mom, his turtle is his friend. Like he doesn't, you think about like the other things that happen at school that are not the academics. I mean, the academics are very important. Think about recess. Thinking of, think about running around outside. Um, you know, my 20 years working at a children's hospital, I can tell you taking child development and human growth and development classes that play is the work of childhood. That is how children learn is playing. How can they play if they're trapped in an apartment all day and their parents are at work and they're like, remember the latchkey kids from like the 80s? It's just, it's not a healthy dynamic. I mean, it was one thing when it was like, you know, the last month of school last year and that was kind of like the crisis. But now we're going on an entire school year where areas of the country that these kids just aren't even going to school. I just missed it. Do you remember when you had to read with your kids when they were little and we all hated it? Like and we it wanted was, to dig our eyes out with sticks. It was the bane of my existence. <laughs> like, uh, uh, g- oh my gosh. Lisa, the word's log. <laughs> uh, uh, g- log, log. <laughs> t- uh, 
Uh, no, it's the. It's still the. It's three letters. It's the. But, I mean, the the numbers just from that, if you read a minute a day with your kid, they're exposed to 8,000 new words a year. If a child reads 4.6 minutes a day, they're exposed to 282,000 new words a year. And if you read the 20 minutes like they suggest, like with your kids, they're exposed to 1.8 million words per year. And so now these kids that are missing school that they have kept out will never, ever catch up. They're they're never going to catch up. They're not going to catch up by junior high. They're not going to catch up by high school. They will forever be behind in schooling and in everything else. Were they ever going to catch up to start with, though, really? No, they weren't. But it's an exponential growth, right? So the gap gap widened even more. That's kind of my point when I'm talking about, like, babysitting. I'm talking about pretty much all of that. You know, people at home that have their kids at home, they're still going out to play. You know, if you've got your kids at home. Or, well, if they have siblings, you know, because we and always And if they have, don't live know, in an apartment building, kids. like, do you... Uh, yeah. By age five... My kids, oh, my kids always played with each other. My kids hardly ever played with neighbors anyway. They always played with each other. They were right. always out in the backyard. But by age five, you, you're, by the time your kids went to school, there was a 30 million word difference between your kids... And kids from a poor family that didn't read to them yeah. or a welfare family that maybe didn't have a parent that was able to be at home and read with right, them. Right, because that's the, the single parent homes. like. And it's not it's not knowing 50 million words. It was being exposed to 50 million yeah. more words. Right. That, I, that Those numbers you can never catch up on. Yeah. Think about Ben Carson and, and his mom making a do book reports every to- week. Well, that all all goes back to economics too. That's what I'm saying. It's an economic thing. Well, I guess it's, I like, guess my point is is that like is that the government by keeping them out of school is taking something that's already bad. We've got an oil spill or a gasoline spill, and they're dropping a match on it. Like we already know it's bad. Do we have to make it worse? So, sixty four percent of kids were already in school. And they're going to really come in and save us by one day a week. I don't think so. Like, get a real solution. The the grades from spring, most schools went to a pass-fail. And then they were worried about colleges not accepting a pass-fail. And colleges said, okay, we're fine. And then colleges came in for this year and said, you have to have letter grades. Like, you're, the kids that Figure are seniors this year, you need letter grades and juniors. So they went back to that. We had more Fs in the fall than we have ever had. Across the nation, we had some districts that went up six times in their Fs, um, six times in two Fs, like a student that has more than one F. Um, It was, I mean, I, I don't have official numbers from Weber School District, but that would be we would be on par with the national average, I'm sure. Just yeah. just anecdotal, talking to other teachers and knowing that. Um, the In Maryland, the Fs in math and English jumped six times. In North Carolina, 46% of students failed at least one class, more than double the rate in 2019. Um, California's numbers only jumped from 19 to 30%, and I question that because, like, I, I don't know that that could really be true because they haven't been in person. We only had one district in our state that stayed um, online, and that, that was like Salt the Lake, Cottonwood Heights district. Like it, it was Salt Lake, yeah. And 
And, and the, what do you think's driving that? Is do you think that's um, parents like not teaching their kids? I or think it's I just think, not doing the work. I think fear was a big driver in that. I think a strong union there, like in their district, there was a strong union that was pushing to stay home. But then the legislature came out and and gave all teachers a fifteen hundred dollar bonus, like kind of like hazard pay, combat pay. And they told that Salt Lake School District, they said, look, we're only giving it to the teachers that are in person. If you've sat home, you haven't really done combat pay. You've sat home and you've taught them and good job. Way to do your job. You're welcome. Thank you. You know, whatever. Um, And that was a big issue with them. And my, my whole thing, like I didn't want to go forever into this, but just things that happened at our school were to, to make it safe. We've done the distancing where we could. But Utah has a ton of kids per teacher, and sometimes that's just not possible. We've we've had several kids that have opted to stay online, so my classes are smaller than normal. They're usually forty kids a class, and they're not that many, not even close. And then this the contact year. tracing. Don't forget about the seating chart. So we've we, uh, yeah, you have a seating chart. Um, the nurse, if there's someone exposed in your class, they contacted everyone. They were quarantining the first two quarters, and then they realized. People weren't, kids weren't getting sick at school. We didn't have one transfer at school. We didn't have one case transmission at school. Yeah. And so what they're finding is it was all outside of school. Transmission was all at family parties or pretend dances or whatever the Uh kids were doing. And so that data is important. And so we did virtual assemblies. The seniors this year didn't, I mean, sports, you could have. One or two parents there to start mm-hmm. with. I didn't go to one of my kids' swim meets this year. Yeah. Bleachers were closed. Basketball games, you could have two parents there to start with, and then they eased up the last little while. And we talked about closing from Thanksgiving to Christmas, just as because the numbers were up, we decided to stay open. And we kind of suffered through it and learned a lot. And I, the kids aren't happy. It's not ideal. You're wearing a mask. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. The school mm-hmm. has arrows of like flow of traffic. This hallway's one way. Every, you know, you're not supposed to be going two different ways in the hallway, so you're not bumping against kids. And it's not ideal, but we're there. Yeah. And they would rather be there than home because right. they all talk about how depressed they were being at home, unmotivated, unmotivated. To do work. So my kid is my senior is. Um, we found out last week in the top 10 in his class. And so this kid has had straight A's since, you know, he was a fetus. <laughs> He's just like super motivated. Last year when they went, when they quarantined and everybody got sent home, that last term of school at midterm, he had three D's and two F's. That's five classes. They only have eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. And one of them, seminary. Seven, because of release time, yeah. Yeah, so he had five near-failing grades at midterm. And he pulled them all up to A's, like every single one. But I'm telling you right now, he had just like the most amount of stress. And then this year, um, he over he bit off more than he could chew almost, you know. So like during the Thanksgiving time when they were quarantining, and so they, uh, their high school went on a two week quarantine, quarant- soft closure, quarantine, soft closure, because how many, what's the rules? How, like if you had 15 cases at your school, then you had to close. You had to go to a soft closure. 
we were the first school to close, so we were kind of the guinea pigs, which meant we went through, they did that ozonator. I don't know what it did. Sucked all the oxygen out of the school. It was Maxie May. Yeah. She went from suck to blow. <laughs> yeah. Cleared the school, sanitized, and they closed it for two weeks and they sanitized it. And then then you could go back and start at zero again. So my kids did that it, over at Fremont. And um, they and then my 12-year-old was still going to Plain City because it, it wasn't closed. And um, again, my senior had just like, he's like, I just procrastinate my work because they open up the deadlines because they're trying to be like lenient lenient but then he's like he took takes advantage of this because he's not motivated in class like some of them would have online class where you had to show up and some of them didn't he got shingles he was so stressed it was like living with a porcupine (laughs) like somebody like throw food at that kid and like tell him to take a nap oh i finally i didn't have late deadlines i finally put him back in I'm like, here's the due date. It's due. Most of the work's due Sunday night. It wasn't night. helping. You have two weeks to get it in. If it's late Sunday night, it's half credit. And you've got two weeks to get it in, and then it closes. And then that assignment's gone. Yeah. And they've got two late passes they can use. If they were quarantined, of course, that doesn't apply to them. If they were sick, it doesn't apply to them. But, I mean, it didn't do them any favors. No, it was really, it's been very stressful. And then... My daughter, my adopted daughter from Ukraine, she has her own issues as far as like language and learning. And it's just been really hard. It's been really hard for her. And then my son, my other 16 year old, he's a really good student, has pretty much straight A's. And it, it didn't matter. Like socially, they were, re- they were so ready to get out of the house and go back to some sort of normalcy. Well, and... and- I think we've created this generation now that they don't know what to do. Their their fight or flight response has kicked in and they've decided to play dead. That's <laughs> freeze. <laughs> fight, flight, freeze. Or freeze. And or they freeze. have frozen and they are waiting for life to restart. And I'm like, no, this is it. Yeah. This is it. Speaking to that and like switching gears just a little bit and Dekuma, if you've got anything else for education, interrupt me at any time. So I've been kind of like talking to, um, Uh we're fine. Okay. Sorry. Um, I've been kind of talking to some people at work, you know, I'm in healthcare and so I try to be like, almost keep it on the down low of my like opinion that I wonder, you know if we should open back up or where we are kind of where the science is for behind this. So I put a question on, um, on Facebook and Instagram and said, do you think that we should just open everything back up and let people make their own decisions in regards to working from home, um, staying home and wearing masks, like essentially letting people have, the agency, like knowing what they know about the the coronavirus, its transmission, and like all the the good, the bad, the ugly type of things that we know. On Facebook, 48 people had seen the question. 12 answered yes, we should open back up. Five answered no. Um, and the other people didn't answer. 
Um, on Instagram, 75 people saw it, but only 35 people answered. 29, yes, we should open up. Six, no. I had to go up to the hospital today, and I ran into a couple of people. One of them, a medical assistant, I asked her in person, and I said, I need you to know that there's no right or wrong answer, and I'm not judging you one way or the other. I said, do you think, and I asked her that question, and she looked at me, and she whispered under her breath, yes. <laughs> Like, almost like, oh my goodness. I, if you say open up, you're like going to be a target. Yes, yes, right. And so then um, I asked uh, one of the doctors I know, and and I told him the same thing. And he's he's looking, and he's like kind of thinking. I said, no, look, there's no, like, there's no shade. I'm not judging you. He goes, I know, I'm thinking. <laughs> like, okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> and he said... Yes, he thinks that he's like, this is not like blind. We're not going into this blind. Like we know the way that things are transmitted. We have information. We know what happens if. Um, so allow people to make their own decision. Make their own decision. Like if you want to get the vaccine, get vaccinated. And if you don't want to get the vaccine, then wear a mask or don't wear a mask and suffer the consequences, essentially. Chosen- so when you say open up. What do you mean now that there shouldn't be any restrictions on restaurants or? I don't think there yes, should be. that's safety. what I mean. Yes, absolutely. That like if you find yourself in the high risk category, that there is evidence in my humble opinion that if you wear a mask and wash your hands like it's your job, you can avoid transmission. So if you're high risk. Stay home. Well, I was going to say, no one is telling you to go out. Right. And that, and I'm, no, I'm with just that. For people that are employed. So that they should still have the home. option until everyone's herd immunity. Those people should still have the option to work from home. So I'm saying. Well, people like that work in a restaurant can't work from home. Well, so right. So they're. People, so right. they need to just. But what are they doing right now? I was going to say. What are they doing now? Well, they're not working they're, now. Well, I think they're wearing masks. Aren't they wearing masks? Well, servers? Right. But then they can still wear a mask. Still, your. That's what I'm wondering. If 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 there's no if there's no thing saying you need to wear a mask, though, an employer say, okay, now we're opening up, and now that it's all hands off, you, then they don't let them wear a mask. What no, I'm no, saying. No, no, I'm that, saying that. Like, that no, that? no, 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 no. I'm saying every person can do what they choose. To protect themselves. I can't imagine a world in this with in this climate that any employer would be able to tell their worker that they could not wear a mask. That's we just go back to free choice. That's well, make that's your own wise no decisions. For businesses with the, without some sort of government mandate for businesses, um if they just say, okay, yeah, it's open, there's no mandates anymore, then a business, you're back to, uh, like for businesses, you're back to uniform, where they get to tell you what you can and can't wear. That's what I'm wondering. How far? Are, are you far suggesting? You are you suggesting that there would be a business out there that would tell their workers they could not wear a mask? Oh, think about these anti-maskers or these crazy people. Yes, I am suggesting that there would be. Absolutely. I'm just wondering where you stand on that. Because once you go to where there's no, you know, I, we're all open up. I stand at the same I, place as before, that it's it's your freedom and your choice. And so if you work for somewhere that is an anti-masker, yeah, go find a new job. Yeah. 
because that that wouldn't be I mean you're already working at a business that's kind of extreme if that's the case yeah yeah like because I can't imagine that but no I'm saying like things open up and and biz, private businesses can make decisions about taking down the signs that say you can't come in here without a mask <laughs> the gun remember I told Jess my son went to the gun store or shooting thing uh it says because you know there's a mask mandate it says they told us to tell you that you should wear a mask <laughs> <laughs> right yeah right i i think that um so i think so on my facebook one of my friends who's a nurse thinks it's irresponsible so she voted no um another friend who is a nurse voted um she, I don't think that she, oh, she did vote no. And she said that she didn't trust that other people would make, um, would, if she said, this is a loaded question. I have reasons to pick yes and reasons to pick no. If things open back up though, I don't trust people enough to have faith that they would be smart about things. So she voted no. Um, so I guess like, that's interesting to me. Like, at what point do we get to be go back to being responsible for our own choices and kind of let the chips fall where they may? Well, and you're still, like, trying to legislate or mandate sickness away. Uh, welcome to life. People are going to get sick. The cost of this, once we've gotten to where people have the option to get vaccines, we're not there yet. Right. But once you've gotten to where the vaccines are open and people choose not to get them, and if we don't reach herd immunity, that's like their choice. Tough, right? Right. So I was watching a program and they interviewed this woman from San Francisco, and her name's Danielle, either Rapkin or Radkin. I couldn't, um, I couldn't uh, hear the pronunciation, and she owns. Um, this a CrossFit in San Francisco and she's owned it for eight and a half years. And she said that this pandemic of shutting down has, and these, this is her quote, leveled my, my business to the ground. And she said, I've thought about leaving the city. I don't have a reason to stay anymore. And then she said, show me the data, show me the contact tracing data that shows that transmission is happening there until then let me earn a living. Which goes back to school. We are not transmitting at school. There, it, up till right. Christmas, there was not one case transmitted at school. Not one. Right. Student Wait. body of 2,000 kids, and I don't have one person-to-person at school. Right. You better show me some better data before you shut down a school and make kids go online. Right. That was my it's whole ridiculous. point with all of it. Because you wear a mask, yeah. you hand sanitize like it's your job, they have contact tracing this way, that way, and upside down and sideways. And like, so if if we can contact trace like that and we can keep kids well that way with masks on, hand washing, then why can't restaurants open back up? And which, you know, in Utah, again, like Jeremy and I go to Zupa's probably twice a month and they have, and Dekuma and I go to Costa Vida and they have part of their tables closed down. And um, so then we're taking our masks off and eating 
And it's funny because like the table next to you will be shut down, but then a table that's still kind of that close. Yeah, we but... were at Texas Roadhouse, of course, because <laughs> who wants to cook during a pandemic? <laughs> Not me. But yeah, so we had to sit on the same side of the table. Both booths were open <laughs> around us. So we just sat next to each other. Hey, babe. And ate. People choose that. Yeah, and that's... Was it you and... Yes. Who were you with? You were just, you with your husband or yeah. your sister? Yeah, with Chad. We were we were just eating, and I'm I'm just laughing that, you know, we just were sitting on the same side because the other side was closed, and <laughs> it was just kind of funny. Yeah, I think it's weird when I see people, by the way, that sit on the same side of the table in the restaurant. It's like, don't you want to look at each other? I know, unless they're I think a that's cute, so strange. Unless they're a cute older couple, and then I'm like, oh, that's really cute. But I, you know, other than that, no, I think it's strange too. Because I want to look people in the face while I'm talking yeah, to them. Yeah, I don't want to speak sideways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just... Me too. I think that the... And, and I'm not suggesting that we open everything back up tomorrow. But I think that there should be a plan in place. I mean, we've been at this a year. Yeah. We've been doing this a year. And there's uh, more people well, that... Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, I well, I'm just worried. I'm worried about the people, the women in the brothel. They've been out, you know, since last year. And now some of them, because they can't get unemployment, because they're independent contractors, <laughs> are having to turn tricks illegally <laughs> in Nevada. <laughs> poor. You know. Did she say poor or whore? What did you say? I said those poor, you know. Those poor sex workers. Well, you know, there's there's sex workers when it's legal, you know. And now that it's illegal, you know, even in the state known for sin, you know, the business is taboo. So I don't have the politically been, correct verbology. Been, the legal brothels have been shuttered for nearly a year, leaving sex workers to offer less lucrative alternatives like online dates. Or non-sexual escort services. And, you know, the old, uh, what is it? TikTok or OnlyFans. Oh, you know? fans only. Fans only. Ah. Oh, yeah. OnlyFans or fans only? Fans only. only. Yeah. Some have yeah, opted like to that. take their work into the shadows, offering <laughs> sex illegally. If only there was a word for that that was shorter. <laughs> How could you say that? Shorter. Turning tricks? Prostitution? I don't know. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, my the gosh. The you know, horror. I mean, it's, That's what it's she's just saying. crazy. The horror. The horror. The I'm like, is she saying horror or no, poor? it's or... the horror. <laughs> Got it. Horror. Yeah. So horror. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Dekuma and I were talking about this, about... Brothels? No, not brothels. Oh. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, like, not <laughs> opening back up. It wasn't done. Oh, I'm sorry. It done? It, yeah. There was a pause oh. there. I apologize, Nona. There's a quote. There is a quote. There's a quote. We could easily do work at arm's length. <laughs> not sure how that's going to work out. Just the There's same as they do within the massage parlors, which are open in the state of Nevada. You can go to the dentist and have him put his hands in your mouth. <laughs> you know? I think it's a little bit different. I just, I, I just, I've been to the dentist, but I haven't been to a brothel, but I'm going to guess that it's a little different. A little cleaner. 
a little less <laughs> I know, I couldn't read this article with a straight face. I mm. laughed, you know. Gosh. I wasn't laughing at their plight, you know. You're just laughing <laughs> at how they're trying to word the article to keep at the it, verbiage. <laughs> to keep well, it professional. Know, after they went through all that work to get their to pass their FBI background check, you know, so they, they could get licensed and get their work card, you know. As sex workers, a, you have to have an FBI background check? Yeah. You know, and you some know of those brothels, I, I mean, they don't, they're not in the big cities like uh, Vegas and Reno. They're like a half an hour because they can't be in the big populations. <laughs> Did you hear? Did Elko. You I said Elko. That's where they are, aren't they? What's the but other one? They have to be, they're Reno. like a half an hour away. So, you know, they offer free limo rides. Uh. <laughs> Well, you know what? If then that, that was if that was Saturday my skit. if that was my career, I might prefer the going to online only. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you, you only have to pretend when you're on camera. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, the girl that was working at the Moonlight Bunny Ranch brothel in the capital of Carson City. So she has lost 95% of her income amid the closures. And I'll bet that includes tips. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're terrible people. That is interesting, well, though. I never thought about it, them. It's the news. I'm just bringing you the news, you know. It's a cash-only business. Oh, no, it's not. There's They can take no, credit cards. No, it's legal. They, they take credit cards, man. Venmo, you know, credit cards. And they pay IRS, too. I wonder if you no. can, can you pay on a payment plan? <laughs> it's like, no, cash on the barrel. Venmo me now. This is not. Oh, man, that that's terrible. Well, well it's, I just think it's interesting that the very first thing she goes to is a dentist sticks his fingers in your mouth. <laughs> I... <laughs> The visual imagery, I've got to be honest with you, I was picturing it because I was thinking about that and like the prostitution options and I was like, oh my yeah. good Lord, let like, me go hmm. to the dentist. It's like, honey, go back to school to be a dental hygienist. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I've been to the dentist and now I just kind of feel filthy. <laughs> you know, she always kind of takes us there. I'm not sure what... Just say about that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, what were you talking about? <laughs> well, I was going to talk about people like, and Dekum and I had talked about this, about fear. About like, do we now live in a culture of we're afraid to, like, are these decisions not to open up schools or not to open up restaurants, are they based in scientific data and fact that like I'm missing or are they political or are they political and made from fear? Yeah. People are just afraid of like, also like you're just going to do what it takes so you can open up your business. If that's half the tables. Okay. That's half the tables, but there's no data behind that. Like what? Right. Except for yes, the transmission while you're eating. I do. I do get that. But yeah, show me the data that shows that it has been transferred at a restaurant. Give me that data. Right. Tell me, tell me where that is. 
I just think it's, remember, tell me, tell Nona about your students' face when you talked about opening up and going back to, without masks. Yeah, I, they're, they're so scared. We have paralyzed this generation, and it's really, I was telling my husband that, um, that the seniors and juniors are jacked up. Like they're they're gonna have some issues. Those are my they two boys, were, my sixteen year old boy they and were my eighteen so year old. Scared. They just want to freeze and go home and not talk about it. And I talk about opening up and getting rid of masks and they they're frightened. They they just they don't wanna live. They don't wanna go to school. They don't wanna do anything. They want everything to just sit status quo. And what's gonna be sad is in a year the next group is gonna be fine. And they're going to be able to go to school and they're going to do all sorts of stuff. Oh, and they'll have their dances back and their sports back at and some point. These and guys will have ended high school with this weird living of anxiety. Of anxiety and not have anywhere to go to fix it. Right. They just go out into the world and and then hide in their bedrooms. I don't know. Well, they- I think that's I think that's so strange because I, you know, of course, my husband and my kids are terrified of getting me sick because I'd probably croak. But, um, but you know, I have my vaccine scheduled, by the way. Oh, good job. And I've had both doses of mine. And I, my, just for the people listening, first dose, my arm, it felt fine. Like the vaccine felt like a flu shot when it was administered. And within a few hours, it was, my arm was like pretty achy, like a tetanus shot. And then a couple more hours, it was like, wow, that really kind of hurts. Went home, took some ibuprofen, took a hot bath. It was fine. And then the second dose was a month later. And it was, within a few hours, it was a lot, not a lot worse, but like by the next day, my arm hurt from my shoulder, you know, from my deltoid all the way down to my elbow. And it was pretty achy, but just, we're still just talking achy, but I had no systemic, like, fevers, chills, nausea, vomiting, no. none of that stuff. But yeah, I know that I, some of my I've friends read did. About people, I've read about people that were immune compromised that have had, like, fevers and, you know, pr- pretty high fever and stuff. So I'm expecting that maybe I will maybe have a more more reaction I've you know had, what i mean can i get mine my three daughters one daughter-in-law two daughters all had different reactions all were very sick um one threw up for a day for 24 hours started throwing up in the night the day she got it and that night started throwing up for 24 hours super sick my daughter-in-law got achy and sick for like the weekend three days in bed uh, my other daughter got crazy. kind of I went back flu-like to work the symptoms. next day, both times. She had flu-like symptoms for a day and was fine. My friend that just got her second one at school, she was in bed from Thursday till Sunday. So our CEO up at my little hospital, he said he felt like the next day. So he got his like on, I think he got his on the same day that I did like on a Tuesday. And he's like, uh, two days I had fevers, subjective fever. So felt like he had a fever, but measured the temp, didn't have a fever and chills and body aches and he's like i felt like i got hit by a truck but he was fine a couple days mm-hmm. later brand nona <laughs> your daughter had hers how was she and she yeah, she said she hers was did. pretty good she goes it was a lot better than i thought is what she told me yeah and she has no immune system at all so uh yeah so who knows yeah because she gets she gets um you know she gets cold sores all the time um when she is 
and she's sick. I get shingles and cold sores, so when's we shall your, see. When's your scheduled? I'm March 1st, the first day. I just got, I have my app, so the, the my chart, because oh, I go awesome. to the neurological um Did mom and dad get their first dose? Uh-huh. In the U of U. Yeah, do. they got theirs, didn't they? They're yeah. fine. They'll get their second one. And they did, because they had to stand for an hour, and mom was mad. Oh, that's right. She's They'll Yeah, she just thought it was ridiculous. She's one. like, there's people with walkers. Could you put some chairs around? Around March 15th, they'll get their second one. They can't. They're going out of town the 10th. They're going to the very clean anesthetic Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And we stole the Eiffel Tower, the small one from Vegas. Uh, They're saying that people that get it after the first one, it mutates, you know, the virus. Like in between, like if you get it in between the... Oh, they're saying that it could. I don't... Oh, I read that it has. Yeah, so mom and dad will get theirs and you'll get your second one within a month. And I, I mean, really, by April, they figure minimum 10% of Utah has gotten COVID. Minimum. That, yeah. Those are the cases they know. Almost everybody, and at then, least half of my household, if not everybody, because like the 18-year-old lost his sense of smell and taste, and he was sick the same time everybody else so had COVID. So you guys have had it or got vaccinated? Yep. We've had it. So I told mom and dad, she wants to come over and see our new puppy, and I'm like, come over. We've all had, either they all had COVID, like in January- and I've been vaccinated. Yeah. We, me, yeah. Dad, Alec, and the boys haven't had it and haven't been vaccinated. So there, we still have a few. Yeah. But I did have a cute student that, I mean, star athlete, top uh, athlete yep. in the state that got it and had the complications and was in the hospital. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just going to have complications and just worried about him. I mean, there's that random, and that random you know, patient, but I still think like you cannot legislate away life. You can't mandate away life. People have to live. And we have created, I don't know what I, I, I'm more worried about the fallout from what we have created than I am about COVID at this point in time, because there's a vaccine on the horizon. Right. And the fallout of what I'm seeing daily at school and the kids that I deal with, the fact that Chicago wasn't in school and these major school districts that decided that they were going to stay home. And I, I think it's criminal. I think that they should be prosecuted when these kids, you know, get to their high school senior year and they're two years behind and can't get into college or don't go to college or don't do anything. So I, I was looking like afraid of lockdown ending or whatever, searching on the Internet. Why some people are afraid of life going back to normal after lockdown and how to over- overcome those fears. This was an article from May of last year. <laughs> like May. Yeah, like girls and boys, you didn't have anything to worry about. Yeah. Lockdown wasn't ending back then. But like people have, some people were concerned about their physical safety. They're anxious about the new normal. Um, they've enjoyed doing less. Again, this was May. How, and then and then there's all this advice on how to stay mentally strong in the face of uncertainty. Like establish your priorities, create a plan to manage your health, look for alternative streams of income tur- turn to healthy coping skills i think it's telling that like there's articles like that like well, I coping think we're we're fine because why we're sitting here bsing on this <laughs> podcast right 
you've got a support system. We have this huge family. We've got kids. Yeah. I've got five million people that... living with me. I go to work every day. We have jobs that have that have stayed during the the pandemic. Yeah. Like like my life didn't switch a lot other than this stupid damn mask that I have to wear to school every day, and I want to rip it off my yeah, face because I can't more. breathe. You work. You, yeah, I'm yeah, working you more than more. I had worked before. Well, you'd had how many months off though? Well, I have to say though, I've been reading. Yeah, I did have four and a half months off. That was great. Um, I do have to say though, but I was reading about and today. There's an article on Yahoo News about the the variant that's emerged mid 2020 in California that spreads more readily and it's uh, more deadly. You know. Yeah. So. Let's see. Well, there's the UK variant, it's the South Africa variant, the Brazil vari- variant. But with United Kingdom, South yeah. Africa, and Brazil. So they're all they're all variants. But again, welcome to life. I, I don't... Yeah. I, you, you have to live at some point in time. And I guess the, the yeah. question then is, is that like, okay, so we've had the vaccine and now there's it's mutating. So now, then what? Well, I'm wondering if at the point where, you know, you have the vaccine and then and then people will maybe still get it, you know, but you would think that maybe after having the vaccine, it wouldn't be as bad. Well, or... they, it won't. I mean, like, because the, the big thing about the coronavirus or as its official's name is SARS-CoV-2, right? That's what COVID-19 is called. Uh-huh. Is that it was novel. It was brand new. Our yeah. our little immune systems have never seen anything like it. And so we're like, ah, what are we going to do? We're going to die. And so it just, that's why it just, and it's so virulent and it's so easily spread. You know, it has like that R naught is like twice of what influenza is. And so you can see why it was kind of a perfect storm to kind of like take us to our knees. But the same thing happened with the Spanish flu in 1918 to 1920. That was a novel virus. That was like influenza A. We see influenza A and influenza A still kills people. Uh, not yeah. this year because guess what? Everybody's wearing masks and, and um, hand sanitizing. But like right before the uh, coronavirus pandemic, the fall before there was that um, the school in Riverdale, the military academy, the yeah. charter school that had two healthy students die from influenza. The CDC swooped in just like it was on a movie, like, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? They shut down the school. They did, like, terminal cleaning. And then they got the the um, the test back on each student. One died from influenza A and one died from influenza B. So, I mean, they died within, like, what, two weeks of each other, yeah. three weeks? It was, like, crazy, kooky, weird. So, and these are, like, this was the military prep academy. Like, these are kids that were, like, both athletes in tip-top shape, uh-huh. did not have underlying medical conditions, and two kids, which is totally random, I still can't believe, like, lightning striking in the same place twice. Um, but, so influenza still kills people, but that's just not the usual. Like, yeah. particularly for a 15 or 16-year-old kid, and they might be sick. And what's the death rate, though? What was the death rate of the Spanish flu compared to the death rate of coronavirus? Like, you're not even in the same ballpark, even with those numbers. Right, millions. And it killed millions in so 1918. So, what is it, 0.05% in Utah? Yeah, it we're, was. We're way low. I mean, so you're, what was it, 20%? 
What was the Spanish flu? It was 30%? so high. We podcasted about it last year. I can't so, remember. Uh, again, I'm Googling. you cannot mandate away sickness and death, no matter what you do. No. This is part of life. And you have to learn to, we, we've done the best. Like we, we've gathered all the data, do your best. But if you choose not to go out and live in life, again, that can be your choice. And life needs to go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're getting, I, I think once everybody gets immunized, you know, but people I aren't going like, to get immunized. People, there are a lot of anti-vaxxers out there that are like that. They're like pro-vaccine for well, regular vaccines, and they're like, I'm "No, I'm not taking this one." That wants to be immunized. Yeah, you know, I, that's I'm, true. When yeah. I say everybody, I mean I don't think they're going to hold people down and immunize. That them. you've had the opportunity about, to get it. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think when people have had the opportunity to get vaccinated, like that's for me. I mean, I'll, so I'll be vaccinated, but I'm still not going to be, I'm still going to be really careful until my husband gets vaccinated because he's older, you know? Right. And so, you know, once we're both vaccinated, then, and, I just, you know, I will. I get irritated be less with worried. people though. You know that? And I get that. I'm not talking about, about you guys. I'm just talking about like these people that, won't leave. I go back to those stupid teachers, I'm sorry, in Chicago and think it's okay for nurses to go to work. It's okay for doctors to go to work. It's okay for other teachers to go to work. Who else has had to go to work every day? Oh, the stock boys at Smith's and the mm -hmm. stock girls at Smith's and the and the cashiers and the checkers and but but you're you don't have to go to work? Like Well, and if if there was some like some evidence that going back to work at a school, like you're really taking your life in your hands, like on a daily basis. And we transferred those teachers over to online classes, right? Enough From kids the get -go. went to online. And that's the thing that I will, I will forever be grateful for the district that I'm in and the state that I'm in, because as things changed, as data came in, we just changed. It's like, okay, well, yeah. this isn't working. We need to change this. Okay. Well, this, this is working. Let's do this. Well, hey, like we don't want to expose anyone that is sick or immunocompromised. Let's move them to an online or let's put yes. their desk up in a cubicle or yeah. what do yeah. we need to do? Basically, it, it came, we became innovators. We innovated instead of just like staying home, locking the door and, you know, Waiting forcing for the tornado many, to pass over yeah, the bunker. <laughs> yeah. And, and. And your job, you signed up to teach, I guess, is, my, is the end of the day, right? That's the final thing. You signed up to teach. I've had the first two years of teaching, I was sick, like probably most every day that I taught school because you got everything that ever came by. And then I don't think I've really gotten sick in the last, I don't know how many years, which knock on wood, knocking now. Yeah. Um, but, that's, but that's just kind of it. Like you knew what you were getting into. So it's not like you just, oops, one day thought, oh my gosh, I can't go to school. There's sick kids there. Well, I'm an anti-vaxxer, so I'm not getting one. <laughs> I would I would literally kill her right now with my laser beam eyes if I cannot. <laughs> I am not an anti-vaxxer. Or Morta knew what she was getting into with being a nurse. That's what you signed up for. And yeah. And so when you are in jobs like that, your job Nona, it's not like that. Your job has been a very secure, like, 
what do you want to call it? Well, and it can be done remotely, safely. A private job, you know? Yeah. But I knew what I was signing up to do when I signed up to do this. And, and my district was willing to work around teachers who were compromised. And I think most districts would have. And I think those people in the districts that didn't go back are taking advantage of a terrible situation. I think so, too. I do. So give us your give us your final thoughts, Nona. <laughs> I want to hear them. Well, I think if I'm on my, I'm getting vaccinated, I think we're kind of getting to the end. I think they were saying by this summer, they thought everybody would be able to be vaccinated. And then at that point, you know, after that, yeah, you got to live. It's like, I'm not willing to spend the rest of my life never seeing my kids or my family in the event that perhaps I might catch something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. I'm ready for a year of camping and going on vacation, etc. Me too. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, Dave Kuma and I spent all last summer at the pool in the Lazy River with 10-year-olds and 5-year-olds climbing over the tops of our heads. <laughs> so I can tell you... I can tell you with 100% surety that coronavirus is not spread through pool water. The swimming pool. Because if it was, that lazy I would have gotten it 50 times. It was arses to elbows. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that there is no coronavirus in St. George, Utah. Because Saturday when I went there and I was in the store and in shopping and all that, uh, there's no masks. My friend just went to South Dakota. Uh, she went home for something. That's where she's from. But she took her husband and kids, and she's like, uh, South Dakota, nobody was wearing masks. The restaurants were all the way open. She goes, and nobody was wearing masks in the restaurants. Yeah. Like, they just, it was open like business as usual. All right, so uh, now we need so to. So maybe they didn't have a mandate. Yeah. Now we need there. to move into uh, our list of favorite things. Our favorite things. These are a few of our favorite things. We had a request from a listener, and um, by the time we podcast next time, I really am going to do an email for Sister Squad so that our listeners can email us and make requests for things they'd like to hear. But we did have a request from a listener. She really liked our last episode while we were shopping on the podcast. (laughs) A little shocked at that, but I'm pleased. I'll be honest, I'm a little flattered and pleased. So she I said, did you listen to that all the way through? And she goes, yeah. And then I laughed so hard that time I started it and listened to it again. <laughs> and then she took out a pen and took notes like the pajamas late by Kate. <sighs> hey, we just slowly just rolled right into shopping. It was so natural. <laughs> it was an organic <laughs> shopping experience. So on that vein, De Kuma has these like sassy leopardy print black on black leggings that I absolutely coveted and so you are going to be shocked Nona to hear that I am wearing the exact same pair and she showed up in them tonight and we're both wearing them today and they are called they're don't show me a pop they're a black leopard um jogger pant from the gym people the gym on people Am- on, Amazon. on Amazon and they are amazing and, they're and so stretchy comfy. and I think that they're supposed to be for like I would not wear these to work out in they're nice Oh, yeah. No, I wear them to, to work. I wore them to work today. That's why I'm wearing mine. Yeah, they're super cute. They're I dress my... them up with a sweater usually and yeah. some jewelry. Yeah, they're super cute. So that's a favorite right there, Amazon. The Gym People, and it's the black on black leopard print. 
And then, uh, uh, Nona, you feel free to jump right in. But the next thing that I know is a favorite thing, because Dekuma and I, I think that Dekuma and I have little FOMO. <laughs> We're sitting here in our matching pants with our matching happy planners. This is so weird. <laughs> We've got the same cover. <laughs> the same cover, same planner. Because if you switch and I buy something different, then I'm going to feel like I've missed out on yeah. whatever. Big time FOMO around here. Marta has. So yeah, the Happy Planner. Happy Planner. And this one's like the Galaxy Edition. I don't know what it's called. It's beautiful though. It's kind of got a purpley cover. So the Happy Planner, super cute. And it's got those little, what is this kind of? paper system you know where you can put the papers in and out the rings the rings we've got that and then they're the plastic ones aren't they yeah mm -hmm. love them and then um as nona knows i bought yeah, i like this spiral bound yeah i had that for a few years i this is my first year trying this one and i'm, I'm pleased thus far because the papers do go in and out pretty easily and they seem they're pretty sturdy but I also bought the Canon Ivy little photo printer and it prints like two inch by three inch um, photographs on sticker paper. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And so, um, and now I've got, so you can do like on that little two by three, you can do like a collage of two, three, four, five, even six photos. So the photos are very tiny. You trim them down. And then, like, I have pictures of what's going on in my life all over in my planner. And I do, like, the one inch by, what is that, like, one and a half inch photo that you can do if you do four to a, uh -huh. if you do four photos in a square to the two and a half by, or two by three, it's one inch by one and a half inch little photos. And they're on sticker paper. They sell those also on Amazon. And we are not, we are not advertising for anyone. And we really should get some pennies for this. But this is just stuff we like. This is stuff we love. Yeah. And my jammies were late by Kate. They are divine. I haven't bought any yet, but I have considered it several times. And my last plug that I want to give is for my new necklace. She got a necklace. Was it, what was it for? It's, Valentine's Day? Uh-huh. It says Oma because that's what my grandma, grandkids call me. And it's got a little silver or golden disc. It's a round little circle with my name stamped on it. And, and then, then there's another circle. That has like little flowers, little wild it's flowers. It's got wild flowers on stamped. it. Stamped. Super cute. So, um, welcome to Shopping 101. Oh, and then the, my last thing. So, very tragically, my 12-year-old golden retriever went to heaven last week and I cried really hard. But to help celebrate her life and mourn her death, I bought a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> she understands. She's the best dog in the world. She's in heaven. And my new puppy is a mutt but she's her father was half great pyrenees half newfoundland and her mother's a border collie and she's the cutest puppy you've ever seen in your life and her uh, name's nebula and her name's nebula and that my and now your husband's just gonna wonder how quick i mean you replace the dog in a week <laughs> you know how quick he, I would if he goes him. toes up you know <laughs> he's gonna be wondering how long it's gonna take to replace him two weeks <laughs> I don't know. We've Which, discussed you know, this. That brings up the the favorite topic that we discussed this week, which was old ladies and old men not, <gasps> you know, getting married. This, uh, this future podcast. Yes. Yep. We're going to, that will next time. Why old ladies don't want to get married. 
Why old men are chasing them around, wanting them to tie themselves down. Just yeah. like opposite of what happens when people are young. <laughs> Probably. Yep. I got some ideas about that, but I'll save them. Save them for the air next time. All right. Next okay. week, friends. Sounding off. Bye, Nona. I'll call you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> I'm like, she already hung up on us. I was so offended. <laughs> I didn't hang up. Are we done talking now? Yeah. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Sister Squad. Um, we have a few random clips at the end, as usual, for you guys to listen to. And until next time, when we're spilling the tea, we'll see you then. Should we do oh, that? Oh, no. El Chapo's wife got arrested for drug trafficking. <laughs> that have happened after all their planning <laughs> welcome to the podcast <laughs> she she was in virginia too like i don't know what she was doing that deep in the states what what was her plan well was she I like a drug mule what like don't they have other people that they can traffic is el chapo tracking out tricking out his wife for drugs isn't he arrested already yeah Where is he isn't well she was close to washington dc maybe they have some high profile <laughs> clients that they deliver to in person perhaps maybe he's running it from prison you I know knew those were your nails I, I asked you on instagram if those were your fingernails oh. and you didn't answer you never scroll up <laughs> you can't send Dekuma more than one message on instagram because she doesn't scroll up to look to see what she last has seen so, i don't never <laughs> So I'll send you like five things. I'm like, well, crap. She's and I only that. check messages if I know that you've sent me something. Or Katie. Or yeah. someone tells me I sent you something. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'll like, check. You're like, I didn't get that. I'm like, scroll up. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I sent you a message. Courtney posted the, your nails. And I'm like, those look like Melinda's hands. But you didn't have, it didn't show your rings. Oh. It just showed your fingernails. I'm like, those look like Melinda's. I'm looking at my hands, looking at your hands. I'm like, those are Melinda's the hands. The same hands. We do have the same mm -hmm. hands. Look. Yep. Crazy. Look at those veiny hands. Huh. Little old lady hands. I got well, all I'm saying is they got her for conspiracy to distribute five milligrams or more of cocaine cocaine one kilo or more of heroin 500 grams of more or of meth a thousand kilograms or more of marijuana for importation in the u.s plus eating and abetting wow. that's just a smack in the face <laughs> all that plus plus eating and abetting hey talk again uh, Chrissy Teigen's tweets celebratory profanities after Biden unfollows her. What There's is, something for you. What is that all about? I thought she was a Biden lover. I don't know. I don't know. It's most popular. <laughs> I'm reading the news. You know, it's TMZ. <laughs> Thanks for the unfollow Biden with, you know, and hypersand, ampersand, <laughs> pound. I am free. She's got a filthy keyboard. <laughs> 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 All right, Chad, uh, 
will you shut that door? Did you see he was airlifted to the hospital? Tiger Woods. Did they? What's up with his legs? They said he was seat belted and it saved his life, but he was driving erratically. He's got issues. Like, well, he was going to a video shoot. Like he was late, and it was a sharp left and then a sharp right. Like it was. Yeah. And he didn't make one of them. I know, but the one guy, the one producer said he almost ran him over. He's like, he was blowing through the lot and he, and like driving erratically. I know he was late, but come on, uh, please don't run me over. Oh, that was, that couldn't have been today though, because he didn't make it to the lot. He was on his way to do the recording. Well, maybe it was like where he was, he, cause he had, I thought he was leaving the lot and going to a, a golf lesson. He was going to do some kind of commercial or sponsor thing for the NFL or I don't know who. He was staying at a hotel where a major network television show was being shot. Let's see. Let's let's start uh, a rumor. Let's <laughs> well, start what? A rumor. A rumor. I heard. <laughs> I heard that the three Nephites <laughs> were in San Pete County <laughs> because that's where they live. Obviously, his SUV was blocked by another car that was loading luggage, and he appeared agitated and impatient. One crew member said, and then he took off fast. Oh, I hope he's okay. I do too. You I know. <sighs> well, they said they were. He was doing leg surgery, so I hope it was just like a broken bone and yeah. not like some catastrophic. I know. I can't even think about that. I can't. I either. really can't. You know what? KSL will send out like a text, like Tiger Woods getting surgery, and, and then, then you go the to their site. Never there. Yep. You're like, really? Yep, what you I got? Quit. I took them off my alerts. I'm like, quit sending me stuff, KSL. Like, I hate you, mm-hmm. idiots. All right, are you ready to start, Brenda? Woods was alert enough at the scene of the accident to ask first responders to have his manager pick up his stuff. Yeah, they and said cops that... didn't find anything illicit inside the vehicle. No, he's just in a Yeah, hurry. they said that he was alive, alert. They were there in six minutes. And he wasn't impaired. Uh-huh. I think, yeah, I think he was just in a hurry. Uh-huh. But you just hope that that he's okay. Dang it. Read that. That's something interesting. Oh, yeah, it is. Hmm. All right. It Are was in the area for his annual Genesis Invitational Golf Tournament. And this is just a warning going into the next clip because it talks about a guy we read in the news that had gotten his family jewels snipped off because he was cheating with somebody's wife. So, listener, be prepared. Second wife. She's almost 20 years younger than him. 16 Mm. years? 51 or uh, 14 years? 35, 45, 55. 16 years. 16 years? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. How old is the guy that she was banging? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, he he he's met with the victim in the man's home and told him, you need to stay away from my wife and leave her alone. And he scuffled him, scuffled with him, and doesn't, he blacked out and just doesn't remember anything after that. Hmm. I find that suspicious, he, do you? Well, yeah. I'm just wondering how it is that he opened his pants, got the penis, <laughs> got the scissors... <laughs> Hold yeah. still. Video I'll be right back. Up at his home, seen below, and <laughs> with a nine millimeter handgun tucked under his arm, and said, "I came here to fix something." 
After accompanying the victim into a bedroom, he first threatened to strike the man with a metal pipe and removed his pants. He then tied the victim's hands behind his back saying, you're not going to die, but you're going to have something to remember this for your whole life. Oh my gosh, this is normal. You won't die today. Then, after putting on a pair of gloves, he tied a rubber band at the base of his <gasps> penis several times to cut off the circulation, took out a pair of scissors. This is for all the women you've been having relation- relationships with. The women, as if the women were the victims. Oh. Like, he's talking like that the woman is a victim. It's like dipshit. <laughs> Doesn't seem like she was minding, you know? Where? He cut off three quarters of his whacker before. Where did you Parting with this the severed story? organ. He took it with him. Oh, not this way. This, this guy is normal. Is and if you try to call the police, I will be out in two months and I will come back and finish this. Oh, I'm going to come back and get the, the stub I left you with. Where was uh, this and where did you find this information, Nona? It is on the smoking gun. <laughs> Jay Kuma so, just said, Reddit. <laughs> The victim said that when I got it off of, I well, I linked to something off of Drudge, and then I went down a rabbit hole. Um, this is my the victim face. said that when Bonilla, Bonilla opened the bedroom door to leave, he saw that his oldest daughter was lying on the ground by the bottom of the door, watching through the crack between the floor and the bottom of the door. The victim, whose penis was not recovered, told the probation officer that urinating and the ability to have sex with his wife with his wife has been messed up for the rest of his life. He added that doctors told him he will never have any sensation in his wonk again. <laughs> that is horrible. Like I I'm having nightmares about that. I don't even have one. Prosecutors and... expect to provide a victim impact statement. This is terrible. I mean I get that he was a a cheating bastard, but my hell how many people have they say that like fifty percent of people cheat. Oh, it's at least you know, that, isn't it? Well, statistically that's what speaking, I'm saying. yeah, or or have cheated in their life yeah. at one time or another. Yep. Wow, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Prosecution wants the assailant to serve thirty years behind bars. They ought to kill him. I think so too. That's terrible. I mean, not officially, you know? but you know. I mean, let's let's go Old Testament. If Old Testament. Well, him and his wife would have been killed. They all three would have been. Well, just <laughs> well. Uh, if it's Old Testament, he just stoned him to death. An eye know? for an eye, so I'm gonna I'm gonna need a rubber band <laughs> and some scissors. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, sorry that I had to put that in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> Do you have some rubber gloves? <laughs> this is gonna get messy. Uh, and a towel. <laughs> Are you editing? Are you editing that out of the middle of the podcast? I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm disturbed right <laughs> I now. I think that you might have to just put like a little content warning on that. Yeah, and just, I might. 